Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number six of the How Do You Peel podcast. You might be able to tell I've got a bit of a croaky, sexy voice. Um, just a bit unwell, but that's okay. Not COVID, I promise. Um, today, I have an incredible guest with me. He's one of my really good friends, Toby. And I'd just like to introduce you to him. He, we met in Plymouth a while ago when 2017 um and we started working together and uh, we became really good friends and had a really good friendship group and we really enjoy talking to each other so we're doing this together now hi george hi toby how are you yeah i'm fab actually yes. nobody ever asked me that actually are they not <laughs> nobody ever asked me how i am this is a weird actually let's get straight into it i i got i said that to a therapist once when yeah. I was looking for one in Bath, yeah, um, I probably looked at maybe three yeah. that I just found online and I tried them out. Some of them you had to pay for, some of them were like a free introductory session. And this, there was this one lady that I saw and um, I walked up to the other uh, room and I sat down and I was like, like hi, how are you? Just like that. Yeah. And she was like, oh, that's really interesting. And immediately started to like psychoanalyze me. Because you'd I, asked how she was. Yeah, and she was like, oh, I think you might have said that because something to do with, you know, your, your parents or your whatever. And I was like, what the? It felt like a bit, like, intense immediately. <laughs> well, I, I'm just asking how you are because that's a normal just, English thing to do, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> just a polite thing to do. And immediately it was under scrutiny, which was quite strange. I mean, it's I'm sure it's some type of approach that might work for some people. But for me, that was, I didn't go with her. It was a bit too full on. It was, yeah. How many people did you um, have little free sessions with before you um, stuck with your first therapist? Yeah, this is when I was doing my master's in Bath, so I just had to kind of start from scratch. So, yeah, the internet was a good tool to use to try and narrow it down. Um, I did get advice that someone who is the same um, gender as you is typically useful yeah. um, from another therapist um that i knew personally um so that kind of helped me narrow down down things um yeah and then i the person that uh, you immediately you'll know if that person's right for you yeah um and i probably saw that person for, for six months or so yeah once every couple of weeks did you continue after uni didn't you continue doing skype sessions with them as well yeah, yeah, I did. For a bit. Yeah, until I found someone else. And then I knew that I'd be moving again. Um, so I had to found, I had to find something locally. Yeah. Um, and also COVID as well. That was typically, it was typically useful to do something virtually. Yeah. In fact, I don't think I've done a face-to-face -face session since, yeah, 2019. So Same. I haven't done like a face-to-face -face session since then either because, um, because of COVID. Do you feel like you say more or less when you're face I, to face with someone, or you? I feel like it's a bit of a weird. It it's a weird situation because I'm in my own house. Yeah. I'm always thinking, always oh, some can somebody hear me 100%, at, yeah. in my house? I feel exactly the same. If I'm if I'm talking, yeah, and I don't want people to hear what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So you're probably holding back in some way. I think I hold back a bit. And also I find myself looking around the room a lot more that I'm in. So like mm. 
I do FaceTime with her and I find myself looking around the room and my eyes are darting all over the place and I'm not actually looking at her into her eyes and that's something that I do a lot. I, I like to make eye contact. Yeah. But she, yeah, when I'm at hers with her, Jan, my lovely therapist Jan, um, I'm we're really, I think, a bit more interactive. So maybe, yeah, do you find that as well? Yeah, I think if you're in front of someone, um, yeah, I think you just feel more comfortable. You know it's only you and that, you know, professional, professionally trained person in front of you. Um, you're in kind of neutral territory quite a lot of the time, depending on what your setup is with your therapist. Yeah. Um, and there's just something about being in the presence of someone else that just feels like you can talk more honestly. Whereas when you're kind of talking into a screen or your, yeah, like you said, your iPhone on FaceTime, it's, it is different. It is. Well, that's what I've found even doing these podcasts. I've found that I did my first face-to-face -face podcast um, recording last week and it felt so much more natural and and just a bit more like we were really having a proper conversation went a little bit deeper into things and I've I've gone into good depth with other guests but I think there's something to do with having the screen between you that makes it a bit less you can't pick up on physical cues which yeah. is difficult you can't see when someone's going to start something that they're going that they're going to say yeah, when they're going to finish yeah. or if they're going to go off on a tangent you can't read their body language yeah it's probably very useful for a therapist and it's even useful f for me yeah like, talking to someone else or even talking to you yeah and it probably feels a bit scripted otherwise if you're if you're just asking a question and then hearing a response and then asking a question and hearing a response yeah you can't, you can't do this no there's not a there's not a more a fluid conversation it's a bit less fluid isn't it yeah so that was a bit of a tangent but that, that was an experience that I thought could be relevant to the podcast definitely. no that's okay just, find just start it off straight away yeah just find someone that you're comfortable with and eventually you'll you'll get there and don't be afraid to try you know more than one people more than one person although i would say it does get mentally it is or emotionally it is tiring so don't put them all on you know the same day or even the same week yeah try and find someone over a period of time that works for you yeah because trying even just having one session in a week you'll be i my first session testing new therapists yeah. that wiped me out yeah, for the whole week yeah just one of them yeah so if you're trying to fit in tons it's it's hard to even get yourself to the therapist's office in the first place yeah. so yeah go easy on yourself as you say yeah definitely do you want to give uh, the listeners a bit of an introduction about yourself and what you've gone through a bit yeah sure um so in terms of mental health? Yeah, in terms of mental health and also kind of what you're doing now, where you're from. Okay. Wow, this is this is this is a broad a broad uh you can start off with where you're from and what you're doing now. Yeah, so I, I grew up in Plymouth, um in the UK for any international listeners. In in <laughs> Devon on the south southwest coast. Exactly. Yeah, very pretty. Um and yeah, I grew up there, went to school there. Um, I did my bachelor's in Plymouth. Um, I left for a year to get my master's. Um, and 
actually in between those two things uh, of getting my bachelor's and getting my master's, I met you yeah. um, and we worked together side by side for probably a year, right? In a small team. Yeah. In a really there were only team. five of us. Yeah. Not four of us, but Hugo had a bit of a say, didn't he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get the new guy involved. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how we met. Um, and I have come back to Plymouth after my stint um, at the University of Bath. Um, yeah, and just kind of, you know, I'm 28 this, later this week. So I'm just kind of starting off really on um, what I want to do professionally um, and then trying to fit in the things that I want to do personally around that as well. Yeah. And it's difficult with COVID as well. So that, that's certainly been the story for the last 18 months or so. Um, but it's really good to kind of be able to do things that we weren't able to do before. This being one of them. Yeah, we're in centre parks right now <laughs> yeah. on holiday together Yeah, with um, friends and family. So it's good to get on the bike, um, get outside. I mean, that's probably anything outside is certainly something that uh, does great things for me. Yeah. Mentally, as yeah. well as physically, of course. Um, so, yeah, I think... Uh, that's pretty much me um yeah and in terms of in terms of um in terms of my mental health i mean i probably didn't really struggle as a as a child or even a teenager to be honest it's quite interesting that i probably only really struggled with my mental health in certain ways um and it is very uh it's very kind of seasonal it's kind of comes in waves mm -hmm. phases yeah but probably only in my adult life so it's only really been something that i've been learning about um, and experiencing and doing something about in the last sort of, yeah, maybe 10 years or so. But certainly in the last five years where I've had some some challenges. Yeah. I'm quite happy to talk about. But um, but really generally um, at the moment, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, you are doing really good. Yeah. I can <laughs> say that from, from experience. <laughs> um, where did your experience with mental health and starting to struggle where, where did that all begin I think so for me it's it's kind of niche to be honest and it'd be interesting to kind of um I don't really think I've ever spoken to anyone who's had a similar experience to me but I mean that, that's probably the same for many people right everyone has a different story or a different way to get to where they are today yeah regardless of whether it's mental health or, or otherwise um so I would be at some point I'd love to find someone who, who's had that experience to kind of pick their brain at it but for me I for, I have a, a stress disorder I guess yeah um, it's probably the best way to describe it um, I mean you could I guess you could describe it as PTSD as well but that mm -hmm. kind of feels yeah I don't know how I feel about that I, I think because quite a lot of the time you could you could attribute like PTSD to things that are like very serious yeah and I feel like I'm in some way not kind of deserving of that title in a way like you yeah. know people who have been in car accidents or people who have been shot at or like do you know what I mean things that are like really like life-changing yeah. I suppose mine is but um saying that I have PTSD has always felt a little bit strange um but I have like a heat-induced stress disorder and that's probably started when uh, I was training for a half marathon, um, probably in 2017 or 
2018, maybe before, a few years ago, certainly. Um, and I was on holiday in Spain, um, brought my, uh, my running kit with me. Um, and uh, the short story is that um, when I was running, I got pretty bad heat stroke. Um, and I recovered from the heat stroke. I got, um, my, my family came and picked me up from where I was on the, on the street corner got me back and I, I kind of slept it off and I felt fine for the rest of the holiday mm-hmm. and I got back home fine. Um, and in fact, I actually ran the half marathon however many weeks later it was. Yeah. And it was really sunny and I didn't have a problem at all. But in the following year, I went back to Spain and I felt it really difficult just being out in the sun, being somewhere that was very warm, um, just having exposure to, to heat and, and, and the sunshine was extremely difficult and I, I couldn't put my finger on it I obviously knew that it was worse being away but maybe that was just anxiety from traveling or, or being just being in a different place yeah, that you place. don't know very well exactly so actually in hindsight obviously I know what it is now but I had no idea at the time it was really terrifying in, in, in a way because my body was reacting in a certain way that I, I didn't understand um but very much you know very typical like um anxiety symptoms so um, a very high heart rate, um, like a tight chest. Um, you know, I, I mentally, I didn't really want to go out at certain times of the day. Um, yeah, it was really tricky. Um, and there were things that I didn't do on that holiday that typically I, I might have done in the past. Um, yeah. You know, laying on the beach or, or, or maybe going for something, a more strenuous walk or whatever it might be, um, which I avoided. And when I came back to the UK that year, it was certainly something that I thought about more. But then once you're back in sort of colder climes, it wasn't really an issue. Yeah. Um, And then the following year is when it all kind of came to a head because, again, I was uh, back in Spain again. um, And for a a, a week or two's uh, break. Um, And I had exactly the same symptoms. Yeah. Um, but it was even worse and it was worse to the extent that in one of the days that I was out, um, I was, um, I was walking with the, with the group of people that I was on holiday with. Um, and I just couldn't walk anymore. I I don't know what it was, but I just felt so drained. I think when, especially when you have such a high heart rate and you have such bad anxiety symptoms for an extended period of time. It becomes exhausting. Yeah. You don't sleep very well. Um, you're just, you're probably not eating as well. Yeah. Um, so I probably wasn't in my best, um, in, in very good shape, to be honest. So it got to the point where I was, we were probably only about four or 500 meters away from the place that we were staying. And essentially I kind of collapsed. I, I was on a parched bank bench. Um, and, uh, I was with, I was with two people, thankfully. So I'm really grateful for that, but yeah, they had to call an ambulance for me and I was taken to hospital. Um, and they thought, I don't know what they thought. They, they probably thought, well, I think they thought I had a heart condition to be honest, but in reality, I was probably having anxiety attack or a panic attack or something. Yeah. Um, and again, I had an extremely high heart rate. I think my resting heart rate was like 140. Um, and they did a ton of tests to me in hospital and um you know chest x-ray and you know various blood samples and all this kind of stuff i was 
hooked up to an ECG for the for the night. Yeah, and I stayed overnight, and I was I was terrified there, um, to be honest, which didn't help the fact that I was again in an environment that was quite distressing. Yeah, and you're in a different country as well, not necessarily able to understand everybody yeah, and no what's going English. on around you. Yeah. You can't speak Spanish, they can't speak English. Yeah. That's quite a stressful thing as well. In any, like a normal circumstance, have you broken your arm or something? So it's stressful to go through that situation in a different country, let alone when you're spending the night and you've, they think that you've had a, you have a heart condition. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very, it was very scary actually. Um, yeah. That was a bit of a traumatic experience, that's for sure. Um, it's just so so unexpected. You don't expect to, to be in a hospital, on, you know, you know, in your in your time off, right? On your on your, on your holiday, on your yeah. Holiday, yeah. So it went from it went from zero to one hundred pretty quickly, to be honest. Although, to be honest, I, I didn't have a good time for the entire break because of you know it just builds up, it builds up. Yeah, your anxiety. You, yeah, were you anxious the whole time yeah, you were there? The whole yeah. the whole time, like from leaving the airport in the UK to 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 arriving all the way through and this was probably halfway through the break um but yeah, yeah they gave me some some drugs to lower my heart rate um and i think i knew that it was it was anxiety related because i would i woke up in the i mean i, I really didn't sleep that night but when i did wake up um sorry when i was asleep my uh whatever I was hooked up to was for the heart rate monitor was hitting the lower limit, like mm -hmm. 40, 50, whatever yeah. it was set to because I wasn't thinking I was asleep. Right. Yeah. And so there was nothing to be worried about. Yeah. But the second I, and I, and I had the, the, the whatever drug they gave me to lower my heart rate. Um, but then when I woke up and I realized where I was and how scared I was, um, then it my, went right my, up yeah, my again. heart rate spiked and then I hit the upper limit of whatever the thing that was measuring me. Yeah. Um, so I thought that that was strange. Yeah. The fact that it was so like, like up and down. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they discharged me the day after and essentially I just, for the next few days, um, of the trip until we had, had headed home, I just was in, in my room really in the, in the villa. I didn't really step outside again. Yeah. I was an absolute mess. Like just, I had no confidence. I, you know, I was very shaky, very kind of, I was just, I was just very mentally unwell. I was pretty unstable, to be honest. Um, I didn't really have any security around me in, in how I felt. Yeah. I wasn't comfortable. Um, yeah, that was, that was not great. Um, and in fact, I nearly had another panic attack getting on the plane to get back because Although I'd managed to avoid the sun for the next few days yeah. of the holiday by staying inside, I then had to make, and it sounds so crazy now, but maybe like a hundred feet between the the uh, gate door, the to gate the door to the, to the to the uh, to the rear door of the plane, yeah, onto the tail, um, as people were queuing, you know, climbing up the, the steps, yeah, and I asked who I was with, and it's great that she did this for me to ask people to, to let me push through essentially. Yeah. I think if she hadn't have done that, uh, I don't know what would have happened. Essentially in, my, in the back of my mind, I was thinking about the worst, which was essentially, I'm not, I'm not leaving. I'm going 
going back to hospital. They're going to take I, me back to hospital. Yeah, if I collapse it. Yeah. yeah. So um, I wanted to get on that plane. and As quickly as possible. Yeah. And then I, I came back to the UK and um, and then I had a... I, try, I came back into work, at, in fact, straight away um, after that weekend. And I remember coming in and one of the guys we work with, might have been Ross, he said to me, you look green. I don't know why. I just felt, I was just, like, I just you felt, felt really awful. unwell. Yeah. Awful. Just, again, just, just very shaken. Just not, not good on my feet. Um, extremely anxious. Not in the right headspace at all. Um, and I probably lasted about half an hour until I left and then the doctor signed me off for the rest of the week. Yeah. So that, that's, that's the, that's really the story for where most of my, anxiety lies it's it's heat dependent um and to be honest every year since you know that that tr- uh, trip to hospital was a few years ago now every summer since in the uk has also been very tricky um yeah it's been very hot as hasn't it yeah you you get a few weeks in the summer where it's extremely hard um, and the air conditioning in your car wasn't working for a while it wasn't yeah and and you, there's little things like that that you 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 then value a lot higher. So, um, as coping strategies, I suppose. Yeah. To to keep your mind in the right in the right state. Um, but yeah, that's something that I've now been dealing with for for the last few years, and I haven't been. I mean, COVID's been in the way for the last eighteen months or so, but um, I haven't been abroad um, at least to a sunnier climate since that trip. Yeah. So. Who knows what will happen with that in the future? It's definitely a pretty huge challenge to overcome. But you have come quite far because even us today, we were we were sat in the yeah. piping hot sun. I was hot. We both took our jumpers off, sat in the sun outside on the patio, and you were fine. Fine. Yeah, I think. I think you know. I think it's strange because because it's seasonal. There are, there is the anticipation, which mm. is always pretty like the anticipation for anything that you're nervous about is always pretty bad, right? It's always worse than the real thing. Yeah. So you have this kind of build up of anticipation in the weeks, maybe even like a couple of months before the summer, right? Yeah. So when the weather gets warmer in April or May, all the way through to the the, the warmer parts of the year, where you are looking at the weather forecast, that's something that I've become quite compulsive over. Yeah, because you're trying to fill this like vacuum of this black hole of what ifs. Your what ifs, like what's ha- going to happen yeah, when? What's happening this week when I'm at work? Is it going to be warm? Am I going to be able to leave the office to go and grab lunch, or am I not? Because it's going to be 27 degrees, and I'm probably not going to make it to the shop and back without worrying about not making it back. Yeah. So you're trying to look out for yourself in ways that end up not really being that healthy. Um, like yeah, obsessively checking the weather like six times a day, maybe more actually, maybe like, maybe like ten times a day. Yeah. And you do that like every day for, for like three months. Yeah. And then you get to the point where this time of year. And just doing that's exhausting. Yeah, and you're always thinking about it. You're yeah. Always thinking about it, and like I said earlier, you don't you don't sleep as well, you don't eat as well, and it really just doesn't add up to a, a great experience. But. Yeah, and then we get to this point of the year. In October. Yeah, well, I know that we're kind of on this downward slope. It almost feels like, 
you know how like Wednesday's the hump day and it's downhill to the weekend. Yeah. Well, it all, all, honestly feels like that. It's like you've got over the hump and you're you're yeah. almost there. I now only I now have this experience ahead of me, which is you know six months where I don't have to obsessively check the weather. It's like a relief. It's it's crazy, really. Yeah. And I don't have to think about that. And then because I haven't been thinking about it at all, the sun comes out briefly this afternoon over lunch, and it's fine. You sit in the sun for an hour. And I haven't had the anticipation about worrying it, worrying about it. Yeah. So it's just a lot easier. Yeah. But even you know, if we go to the spa and, and there's a um, anything hot, it could be like a sauna or a, a steam room or whatever. Yeah. That would be tricky, I think, especially once you start thinking about it. But being able to speak to someone is a great, a great coping strategy, at least for me. Does it distract you? Yeah, I think, I mean, we had that, you had that experience firsthand with me because we went on a walk a few years ago. Yeah. After after the the experience that I've just spoken about um, around the headlands uh, near Salcombe, we went for a walk for a couple of hours. Yeah. And it was... It, it was a hot day. Yeah, it was a pretty hot day. Um, and, and you're doing pretty well talking to people and then the path gets narrower. It's really small things like that and you don't have the ability to converse with the person behind you or in front of you. And then the next thing you know, you're in your own head. Yeah. And that's when it really starts to go downhill. Yeah. And you, you think, well, how, how would a, how would an ambulance get me from here? Yeah. If I, if I, if I'm lying on a park bench, like I was in Spain a few years ago, would a helicopter have to come and rescue me? From the, from, from, the, from the path. South West Coast path. Is yeah. it South West? That's what it's called, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then the next thing you know, I've, I've given up and I, I say to you, I need to, I need to leave. I need you to help me go back. Yeah. yeah. And we had to turn around and go the shorter way back. Um, and then it probably took maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes to really engage me in a conversation where my mind was participating to the point where I was no longer thinking yeah. about, um, it was a good topic of conversation yeah. wasn't it yeah well you got me by surprise so immediately my mind's left the thoughts that I was thinking about um yeah and I was thinking about what you were telling me and 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 that that saved me in that hour yeah it really did yeah and then and then and then the rest of the day was was fine as as the sun got lower and we went to the pub and it was fine but just experiences like that become a lot harder yeah and you miss out on stuff because you don't you don't organize or you have to plan for you know whatever's in front of you it's really hard to be spontaneous when you've got that level of anxiety yeah well thank you for sharing that with with everyone as well you're welcome i think it's great for people to hear kind of more as you said you've not you've not met anybody specifically who has a similar um no a heat disorder that you do heat, heat induced stress disorder and there might be some other people out there who are in the same boat as you they've not heard they have not they don't know anybody who's had that experience or they they're questioning why is this happening to me and now they've heard this experience they're like oh it might be something similar to that and that's why i do this podcast to talk about those different things that other people might not talk about, might not think about, because it's not something that you would automatically go to often. Like you say, at the hospital, they thought you were having a, you had a heart condition. Yeah. 
that's quite dras- drastically different from um from having anxiety or stress induced obviously they come out with similar um symptoms but yeah having a heart condition is is very drastically different i remember saying actually before they took me to hospital i was in a medical center and there was a doctor there and i remember saying to him i'm just terrified yeah i'm just terrified that's probably why my heart rate's so high and it's yeah. obviously difficult with the language but um i kind of knew like maybe subconsciously that I, there was nothing physically wrong with me yeah it was all just um coming to head. stress induced yeah it was all coming to head from something that was i was experiencing mentally yeah but he just he he and and probably for the right reasons you, people want to get you fully checked out yeah definitely yeah. are there any specific kind of coping mechanisms or wellness um things that you do yourself to help with with your symptoms yeah i mean i've tried um so I've tried a couple of types, well, probably a few types of therapies. I've tried, and we can talk about any of these if any of them pique your interest. I've tried EMDR therapy. What, um, can you go into what that is? Yeah, sure. What um, that stands for? So that stands for eye movement desensitization reprocessing. Yeah. I think. And the whole idea there is in that evening, uh, on the day that I had the heat stroke, and I might have this completely wrong, but this is my understanding of it. And and in that, in any evening that you've you know that you're sleeping, any night that you've gone to sleep, you you process the day's events. Yeah. If you have something that's particularly traumatic, um, uh, and you don't process that correctly, that's when problems can can occur. occur yeah. So maybe if you had a bad car accident and you didn't process that experience well overnight. And it happens in the rapid eye movement yeah. stage of your sleep cycle. Um, that's where I think all the important um, processing happens. So if you, in that experience of the car accident, if you didn't process that in, in, in a healthy way, then getting back into a car the next day and driving is probably going to be very difficult for you. You're probably going to be very stressed. Um, you're probably not going to want to do it. I mean, that happens to a lot of people who have that experience. Yeah. They just, they don't drive again. Um, because the anxiety and, and the anticipation is so high, it's just unbearable. Um, so that's the that's the idea um, of where the the trauma comes from, I suppose, um, at least in my understanding. And then and then the idea with um, EMDR is at some point in the future, you you go through the therapy to try and reprocess the things that either your mind didn't process or that um, it didn't process well enough yeah. or in the right way or whatever. So um, you're there with a, a therapist and this was over the course of like, I probably did six to eight sessions, maybe to that extent. And you kind of hold these, imagine like Wii controllers, like nunchucks. Yeah. And they vibrate and they vibrate like periodically in like a pattern. Mm-hmm. And I think that's to mimic... Um, the REM cycle of your sleep. Mm-hmm. So you hold them and it's supposed to kind of, I guess, feed um, that sense into your mind in terms of the vibration that you're feeling in each hand. So you're holding them in your palms. To help you pro- uh, imagine it almost put you into the, um, as if you were asleep, put you into that state so that the, you can then reprocess it in a healthier way. 
Yeah, and whilst you're once you're whilst you're holding onto them, with the help of your therapist, you essentially, or at least what I did is, you work through that experience chronologically. So from the start, from the start of the day, perhaps when I when I was admitted to hospital, through to the peak of it, which is maybe me lying down on the park bench, you know, with my with my eyes closed, essentially waiting to. I don't know, pass out, I suppose, and hearing the ambulance coming, all of these things. And you speak about all of the things that, all the senses that you felt, all of, you know, everything that you, everything that you felt, I suppose. And if you do it in a right way or, or in a successful way, you can actually bring forward some of the feelings that you felt there. So, you know, I, you, that you kind of hidden below yeah, the surface. So you could, it could bring, because it's, you're, you're working through it in such a detailed way. Um, I might start to feel like I've got sweaty palms or I've got a tight chest or my heart rate starts to rise. Um, but whilst you're doing it in a, because you're doing it in a safe environment and you're doing it um, with the equipment that you have, hopefully you're reprocessing it um, in a, in a, in a better, I don't know, healthier or more successful way than you did the night that it happened. And know that those signs aren't necessarily, uh, the flight kind of signs that you should run and yeah perhaps you're just you're facing up to that experience again and and hopefully know that you're actually you are okay and you are safe and you are yeah yeah and and the idea is that if you can reprocess that you might be able to reduce some of the symptoms that you'd have when you have a similar experience so the next time i go out in the the whole yeah the whole objective is to to reduce the symptoms Mm. by by better processing that that bad experience that you had, that traumatic experience that you had. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, th- I, it didn't do me any harm, and I was really open to trying something. Um, it would be difficult to say. It would be really difficult to say whether or not it helped me or not. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't want to write it off for anyone else. I think it was, you know, it was really straightforward. Um, if you get, you know, a, a great therapist or that you know that you're comfortable with again. I can walk you through that. Um, I think it's worth a shot, um, but I, I would be honest and say, like, I it probably didn't. Um, it didn't help me to a level where, you know, I feel like my quality of life, you know, improved drastically. Mm-hmm. So I've tried some other things. Um, talking therapy has probably been the best actually, um, and then. There's another type of therapy, but I've forgotten the name. CBT? CBT. That's it. And the whole idea there was um, you've kind of got this exposure hierarchy where you might start with something that's really easy to do, like um, on a, maybe not even on a summer's day, maybe a summer's evening where it's cooler, Mm -hmm. walking to the shop and then walking back, yeah, seeing how that feels and then doing that lots of times, right? Um, Or maybe walking in the morning. CBT is like retraining your mind. Yeah. Almost. And, and the strategy... In the simplest that, form. Yeah, yeah. And the strategy that I had was this kind of like gradual exposure. And then you work your way up the exposure hierarchy to things that would be harder. But because you're doing them steps at a time, it doesn't feel like a huge leap. Um, so It doesn't might, come as a shock. Yeah, it doesn't come to a shock to your body. And you feel more comfortable pushing yourself to do it. I mean, every step is a slight push in in your comfort zone. And how your body reacts but because they're 
should be small steps. It should be doable. And then you go to, for me at least, you know, um, I don't know, walking um, to the shop. I mean, we're talking about five, 10 minutes here, maybe um, when the sun's higher or maybe on a warmer day. Yeah. And then you and then you go and you go and you go and then eventually you get to the point where, you know, you're able to go on a long walk or you're able to sit in the sun for a longer period of time or a hotter time of the year. Or cycle down the Plim Valley. Yeah, or cycle down the, the trail um, and do something which raises your heart anyway like yeah like a form of exercise yeah um and then you build and you build and you build on that um to the point where you just feel a lot more comfortable i think the only difficulty is the fact that because it is so seasonal when you go through you know summer months and winter months it's something that you have to essentially do every year yeah um because you're essentially starting from scratch because you haven't put yourself through that experience during the winter months and then you get to the spring again and you kind of have to start again from like a baseline. Yeah. And then, um, and if you don't, really, you, d you don't have a, you don't have a very good summer. <laughs> Would you say there's a specific reason why talking therapy helped you the most or has been the thing that you've kind of been drawn towards the most in terms of different therapies? I think the talking therapy is good just because it's so broad. I don't have to just talk specifically about, you know, my stress disorder I yeah. can talk about things in my personal life or I can talk about my stress disorder or I can talk about other stresses um or it could be anything yeah. you could you could, you could be talking um about things from from your early life or things that you're dealing with in the current day um you know if you find someone that um you're comfortable with I really think that there is a great opportunity there to explore lots of different avenues um and I think that if you do explore all those avenues, it makes the rest of your life a, a little bit more uh, easier as well. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't have to be kind of focused in on one thing. Yeah. It can be, it's it's more broad and it helps you in, in all aspects and areas of your life. Yeah. I agree with that as well because I've... There are definitely some things in, in my life that trigger me specifically, but... There are lots of different things that cause different anxieties for me. That if I just spoke about that one thing, it would kind of exhaust the topic. And you, then you're just like, well, what now? <laughs> and you feel a bit like, oh, well, okay, that didn't really. I'm just talking nonstop about this one thing and it feels a bit droney. Yeah, you Do know what like I mean. Beating a dead horse sometimes if you're talking about the same thing over again. Yeah, and I would say actually with the with the EMDR, you know, there there's probably a certain level where if you do it too much or you do it in the wrong way, there's probably a chance that actually you could make it worse. Yeah, that's why it's always good to to obviously seek professional help with that sort of thing. Yeah, and not try and do it from a YouTube video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah don't that. recommend doing that. <laughs> What is something that you have done that makes you feel really proud? That's a good question. Just generally. Generally in your life. It makes me feel really proud. Yeah. Probably, um, well, a big one will probably be moving away from my master's. Probably a time in my life where... Moving to a different city. I mean, yeah, yeah. And in fact, the 
I'd say the experience that I had in hospital and then the time that I had back at work after that, I already knew at that point I had to do something differently. Yeah. I, I knew I had to, you know, that was a period of time where a lot of the um, comfort zone around you, the... Um, the environment. Yeah, like my pushing the... my. My comfort barrier. Yeah, my boundaries. That's the right word. I was looking for that one. <laughs> Pushing my boundaries. I, it was a period of time when my boundaries felt like they were closing in. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I just had a terrible time abroad. I'm like, oh, great. Now I can't go on a holiday anymore. Um, and also you're struggling just at home in the summertime. Oh, great. I can't make plans with my friends anymore. Yeah. Uh, and so it felt like everything was shrinking in on me. So yeah. I felt like I had to do something to push that, push that away. And, and grow and the the thing that came to mind was just quitting my job and going back to university um, yeah and so I applied for university and um yeah and then just put myself in a position where I moved somewhere where um you know on, on day one you don't know anyone yeah you started in a city where you know zero people um and then you have to work out from there and and that is so satisfying and that's probably yeah, one of my most enjoyable years. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah, and, and it's so rewarding as well. The friends that I've got from that experience, the, the qualification that I got from experience, the growth that I got from that experience. So that's probably probably my proudest. What do you think you grew? How do you think you grew from that? Well, I think I always I always went into that knowing there was two two parts of the experience. One was the academic side, and then the other half was the social side. So, yeah. you know, making new friends, you know, you're, I was on a course which was, had students from all across the world, it's extremely international, um, trying, you know, new sports and new activities, um, you know, just being in a new place where you just have to always make an effort. Push yourself out um, of your comfort zones, yeah. out of those boundaries and... Exactly. Everything was always going to be slightly challenging, slightly unknown. So there was, yeah, there were two halves of the experience. One was the academic side, which I, you know, I thought was going to be fine. Didn't think that would be, it was very challenging, but really, actually. You're really good at that. Yeah, I, I thought, <laughs> to be honest, I thought that was going to be fine. That's know. the easy part. <laughs> That's the easy part. And the other half was this this um, social side, the growth side, in terms of like the more softer skills, in terms of communicating with people and making friends and joining clubs and societies and um you know looking after yourself living um you know living with my flatmate and all of that kind of stuff uh, that, that makes you an adult right yeah having yeah. a daily routine and going to yoga every week exactly i know exactly. you did yoga at uni yeah yoga was i really enjoyed that i kind of i think i, I set out wanting to make the most of the experience because i i probably felt like i didn't make the most of my experience um, when I did my bachelor's in terms of what was on offer. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, actually doing that sort of thing is a great way to make new friends anyway. So um, playing sport and, and, and doing something like yoga was always the front of my mind. So I did that twice a week. And, and I still continue to do that now, even though I don't go to a physical class anymore. There's so much good stuff online that you can do. Yoga with Adrienne or yoga with Cassandra. Cassandra yeah. <laughs> <Yoga> <laughs> Whichever with... floats your boat. <laughs> exactly. There's lots of good stuff out there. Um, and yeah, I try to do that in the evenings typically when I've got some time before bed. Um, and that helps. That really does help. Yeah. It's difficult to quantify, but 
it's only when you look back and you think i haven't done this for for three or four weeks i don't feel great versus consistently doing that and knowing that you feel a lot better for it where you start to realize the difference Uh, i i have some serious things with that a few weeks ago i was having a really really tough time um i'd started to i think i was probably three months into reducing my antidepressant dosage and i just had this i forgot to take them for a a week got really irritable then got really depressed after taking my uh my antidepressants again after forgetting and then because my body had gotten a bit out of whack with that taking them again my hormones were all over the place my and i just i was in a really really low place and my um i'm living with my boyfriend's family right now mm-hmm. and his mum just said to me george you need to do some yoga just go and do i got home from work and i was i normally do yoga at 7 p.m. or whatever i got home at 10 to 7 and she was like we'll cook you dinner you can have it after go and do some yoga and you'll feel much better and it did it helped me just kind of decompress a bit yeah in that state yoga's yoga's great for that sort of thing i think any sort of i mean yoga you could kind of argue is resistant training in a way you know lots of stretching and, and using, strength training yeah and using your own body for strength but any anything resistance even lifting weights i found really good yeah anything resistance wise um, I don't know what it is, the hormones that you get from that, serotonin, testosterone, I have no idea, but it just makes me feel amazing. Yeah. Um, so that anything physical, um, but certainly things like yoga, lifting weights, riding my bike, all of that stuff is just gold dust. It really is. Yeah, it is. I agree. What do you reckon would be your most valuable piece of advice that you would want to share that's helped you? I think I don't know I found it I found it quite easy to talk to my close friends about this sort of thing yeah and so I can't really come you know I'm quite lucky in that respect where I've got friends that are I know that won't judge me in a bad way or in yeah. a bad light um, or that you know I would feel uncomfortable talking to these things about yeah but if you have one person that you can share whatever the experience that you're having or have had with um whether it be a friend or a parent or a teacher or whatever it's just it's so useful yeah it's so useful um and they might not have all the answers but even if someone's just listening to you um and can just you know empathize with the position that you're in or the experience that you've had yeah that'll that'll be that'll be really good And, and from there you can kind of look to understand what kind of things are out there that could be helpful yeah. Um, whether it be therapies or whether it just be, you know, having a, a strong group of friends around you that can that you can talk to regularly, um, especially when you're struggling. Um, and then from there, there's I mean, there's tons of things that you can just do, whether it be you know sleeping well or eating well or um, you know I I, I I felt like after I've had those experiences, I had to essentially with the anxiety that I was feeling. I wasn't able to drive for a very for a brief period of time. Like I said, I was signed off from work. Um, my anxiety was so high, I just cut a lot of things out of my life. 
whether yeah. that be alcohol, whether that be caffeine, you know, sort of things that are not going to help me during the day, you know, as your, you know, as the caffeine gets, you know, as your caffeine gets lower in your body or it gets higher in your body. Or, Doesn't help you sleep if you've had it too yeah. late in the day. Yeah, exactly. And so there was... Heightens a, your heart rate. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's it, isn't it? That's like... It mimics thing. anxiety, what caffeine does to you. I don't take, I don't take caffeine. I don't have any caffeine because of that reason. Yeah. I Unless think. I'm having dark chocolate and... Is there a lot of caffeine? There's in dark quite chocolate? a lot of caffeine in dark chocolate. Oh yeah. boy. But I do, I do like a good square of dark chocolate. Yeah. I think in moderation it's fine. But if you're, if you're a heavy coffee drinker or, or anything with a lot of caffeine, even and if you've got high anxiety. Yeah. You've got to, you've probably got to get rid of that. Yeah. If you can, maybe over a, a, you know, period long, of time a, some period of time that would have one have a have a caffeine caffeinated coffee in the morning and a decaf in the afternoon or whatever if you're having just someone who has three coffees a day or two or whatever yeah whatever yeah whatever the route is for you to reduce your intake i would i would definitely recommend it At similarly with alcohol because alcohol is a depressant so yeah i mean it's helped me massively yeah same and, and it's allowed me to do things that would would be tricky anyway if you've already got to deal with um you know going somewhere where um you think that you're going to have a high level of anxiety not having to think about drinking on that night if it's an event you're going to um or if you're traveling and you're you know using caffeine to try and help you through that or through your work day or whatever it might be um I mean, it might not work for any everyone, but certainly for someone who experiences anxiety, getting rid of those sort of things have, have been really helpful for me. And in fact, actually, one other thing is, um, if I'm traveling and I'm feeling anxious, and for a period of time, um, I didn't fly after that experience where I was yeah. in the hospital. And then I got back into it. And the one thing I, I, I realized was, as long as I ate well, yeah. probably this is probably to do with blood, blood sugar, as long as I ate well in the in the airport lounge or whatever, my anxiety came down quite dramatically. Whereas when I'm running on fumes and there isn't a lot of energy in my body, I'm a lot more susceptible to to, to the bouts of anxiety. Yeah. So I found like making and even if I'm feeling anxious because I'm flying, for me that sometimes is is quite stressful. Um, and I you don't have an appetite when you're stressed and anxious. I just had to force myself to eat. Um, you know, I'm not advocating you make yourself feel sick but i just had to make myself eat because i knew it was going to be so much better for me even if it's something small once you started eating you're like your body's like oh actually this is quite good yeah just keep going just keep eating whatever it is you know if i'm flying in the morning make sure i ate, ate breakfast or ate something at the airport whatever it is and i knew then because the worst thing that you can have is be, being caught out somewhere where there isn't any food available to you you know you're on a long flight or whatever i don't know Maybe you're traveling on a bus or a coach or something and you're feeling weak and you don't have a lot of energy and then you feel it you then you're feeling anxious yeah and then you feel really vulnerable at that point yeah so definitely eating well and eating eating frequently has helped me massively that's interesting i like that i like that a lot because i like eating <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good it's a good reason for me to keep eating keep the anxiety away yeah someone say oh you just had lunch oh well you know what 
yeah, eat trying to probably. keep my anxiety away, so I'm going to eat some more. <laughs> snack, yeah, snack to your heart's content. Um, would you, how do you feel about doing a quick fire round of questions? Oh my goodness, yeah, yeah, okay. to yeah. finish off. Sure. Okay. Ready. I'm ready. Dun, dun, dun. How quickly do Drum I need to, roll. How quickly do I need to answer these questions? Well, answer them as quickly as you can. Oh but... my goodness, they're not yes/no answers. No. Oh. Christ. It's okay. Okay. You'll be fine. I'm ready. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Night owl. When do you think you're most productive? In the morning, strangely. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. True. <laughs> what energises you? Um, time by myself, probably. Sleep. Asleep? Actually, sleep, yeah. What do you, how do you feel about silence? Great. Oh, I love silence. Get some noise-cancelling headphones. Great investment. Yeah, but then you're li you're listening to something still. But they can help with other noises, external noises, reducing them. What I mean is silence, silence. Silence, silence. Nothing. Yeah, great. Yeah. What gives value to your life? Experiences. Yeah. What makes you feel alive? Um, a good hit of dopamine. <laughs> like, How do you get your dopamine? <laughs> lots of ways. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> we won't go any further. <laughs> what is a big goal of yours? To build my own home. No, that's a good one. Mm. What is a small goal of yours? To... Get back into the gym. Oh, that's a one, good one too. I'd like to do that soon too. I've been off for a while. Yeah. You can do anything if you just believe. What is that one thing that you would really like to do? Just like other than building a house that's like something that you think, I'm not sure I can make that. So this is like a dream. Yeah, really big dream. Probably have a family. But you don't think you can do that? I think it's, uh, I think it's, uh, something that you have to put a lot of effort into. I think, you, I believe in you. I'll, I'll take Thanks. care of your kids whenever you need. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> what is your go-to song to dance to? Something by Kanye West, probably. Old school Kanye? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something that you can also rap to, as well as have a bit of a, Boogie too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is your Feel Good Friday song? I don't know. It's not very quick fire, is it? That's okay. Um, I'm not very good at asking the questions quickly either. <laughs> I blanked. Not sure. What's something you listened to recently? Um, that got you pumped. That got me pumped. Yeah. Specifically, got me pumped. Yeah. Um, probably, probably, Slim Shady by Eminem. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I love that song. I actually love that album of Eminem's album. That's a great album. Whole album. Followed by Kendrick Lamar, Swimming Pools. Oh yeah. That was the next track on the uh, playlist. Oh, those are two really good songs. <laughs> 
What is your biggest weakness? Um, it's like a job interview, isn't it? Yeah. Um, if you get this wrong, I'm going to make you leave. You're going to fire me. <laughs> biggest weakness. You're not sure? I don't know. Overthinking, I think. Well, I don't want to give one of those kind of basic answers where I turn a weakness into a strength. You know, oh, like you're that, not you're not allowed because the next question strategy. is, what's your biggest strength? <laughs> oh, man. Um, it's good for you to think about these things. What's my biggest weakness? To be honest, I, I think, yeah, it's probably the things that we've spoken about on the podcast today where it comes, you know, yeah, this definitely isn't a quick-fire answer, but when it comes to things that I want to achieve in my personal and professional life, I feel like the things that are holding me back are around mental health. I think if those barriers were reduced or removed, um, I would uh, have a much better advantage in whatever it was I wanted to achieve, either personally or professionally. Yeah, so probably something to do with um, mental health. I don't see your mental health as a weakness, though. Well, I think it gives me a, a, a gives me a, a different perspective on things. Yeah. But I think I think it like if it a weakness is something that like holds you back, right? Yeah, I would say. Or is it rather I than know. I don't think it's something that holds you back. I would say, well, potentially, I would say for you, it's overthinking things. Sure, but yeah, I which would... I guess comes down to your anxieties and worries. Doesn't it? Yeah, they definitely come hand in hand. But I think sure. for you, you overthink things. That would be a good weakness. See, that's what I was thinking about. But then I think for my strength, it's being conscientious. Yeah, but that's not bad. No, but those are those are also come hand in hand. You're quite like either being very detail orientated requires a certain level of thought and introspection. See, I'm not like that. I'm just a off the cuff. I'm just an immediate reaction gal. Yeah, I've got to, If I don't know the answer to something, I'm going to tell you I don't know, and then I'm going to think about it, and then come back when I know the answer. I'll do that. I know if somebody asks me in an email, or whatever, or whatever. Yeah. Know, say sorry, I don't know. I'll get back to you. Yeah. But if it's like I've got a job to do, I'm just going to fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's your strength as well, because you, some there are many things in life you don't even need to think about. You should just start. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah. That's probably a weakness. There's probably a, there's probably a number of things that I want to do, but if you think about them too much, you think about the ways that you can fail at them or the the negative outcomes of them. And the best thing when you're starting something afresh is just to start. Yeah. And if you don't start, then you you, you never find out. Like, and you're never going to know how good you are at it, or exactly. if you really enjoy it, or. Um, like all those ideas that come after just starting yeah it's the scare it's being scared of just starting that yeah. stops you from doing anything what's the point so i think you're probably right the fact that if you think about things too much then that is going to hold you back in just starting things and you've got to you've got to fail loads of things before you oh yeah realize failure is the like. whole the whole point of fa- failure helps you get to the place where you need to be exactly i've left bunch of jobs because i couldn't handle it because of my because of being anxious and depressed yeah and maybe that's not necessarily failure in a 
No, it's not at all. Not but, at all. But it's also, I don't know. It's a good thing. Keep just keep going. Keep going. Pick yourself up. Yeah. You know. Um. What? Where is your favourite place on earth? Maybe here. Here, Centre Parks. <laughs> Longleat Centre Parks. Well, oi, I mean, that's oi. the first thing that comes to my mind. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, sure. Relaxing. Yeah, it's relaxing. Lots of beautiful trees outside. Yeah, I'm here with my friends and my family. Somewhere, yeah, I think it would be somewhere where I feel most comfortable. So somewhere, comfy. somewhere like in a forest, sure. Oh, I love a good forest. Where do you most feel at home? Here. <laughs> no. Um... I, I guess again places that you you know well that you feel comfortable around places cities that I've visited cities that I lived in people that you Plymouth, if there are people with you Bath. yeah or, or if you're somewhere new but you're with people um, probably something that feels like home um, you know the, the city has a good vibe yeah perhaps but it's, yeah certainly where you grew up is definitely going to be high up on the list right yeah yeah well, those are my f- quick fire questions. There aren't any more. <laughs> they were great. <laughs> they were great. I didn't answer them very quickly. But, it's okay. You know, we move. We live and we learn. We're going to go swimming now. If we've got time. We have. Great. It's five to six. The pool opens at six. So we'll get there after the line has gone down. And it's going to be dark. And we're going on all these crazy fun water rides, aren't we? (laughs) Yeah. And we're going to have tons of fun and enjoy ourselves and scream and shout and whoop, whoop. And then we're going to the spa tomorrow. And then we're going to the spa. Takes all the boxes. Treat yourselves, guys. Treat yourselves. Exactly. That's the, that's what I'm going, taking away from this. (laughs) Just kidding. Thank you, Toby, for talking to us. You're welcome. No, it's been a pleasure, George. Thank you for having me on. I think um, I've spoken to Toby a little bit about this, but I think he might be on the podcast a little bit more often. Hey, you know, I think yeah, doing some doing some quick um, quick topic episodes. Okay. Yeah. I'd be up for that. I hadn't actually spoken to Toby no. about that. I just <laughs> made it up in my mind, but I tricked him into it. <laughs> no, I yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be great fun. Perfect. So you'll be hearing it a lot more from him. Anyways, okay, cool, cool. Uh, ciao for now, brown cows. Go check out How Do You Peel on Instagram and www.howdoyoupeel.co.uk and check out the merch. And do you want to check out Toby? Yeah. Sure. Give them, uh-huh. give them your Instagram, Toby. Right at the bottom of the description of this this podcast. Sure. Do you want to say it out loud? Oh, um, at Toby underscore for weights. He shares really nice drone shots and things of the beautiful Southwest, don't you? Yeah, we've got some good um, we've got some good landscape stuff on there. So good photography. We try. Yeah, he's he's a grand guy. I highly recommend following him. (laughs) Anyways, okay, cool. Bye.